After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with J.J. Cooper, I'm John Manuel. We haven't done this in a while, J.J. and I together, and, and now we had to go all the way to 3,000 miles to do one, J.J. We couldn't do one of the podcast notes. Could we fit a, a better place to do it? I mean, It just needs to be a visual podcast with the, uh, a video with a, little, uh, with, with a view of the bay and uh, some naval porn for you to, to, to describe and enjoy for our uh, for readers. the Ticonderoga class and an Arleigh, Bla- uh, Arleigh Burke class destroyer. Cruiser and destroyer this morning. I went on a run, saw two aircraft carriers. I'm happy. That's and uh, unfortunately we don't have time to go uh, tour one of the uh, one of the midway. I'm gonna find time to, to tour the midway. You're here for a whole other day. JJ's got the fever, so JJ will be here through the Rule Five draft. We will talk a little Rule Five draft in this podcast, but we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on, um, you know, so far here in the winter meetings here in San Diego. And an active day, JJ. You and I were not trolling the lobby super late at night last night because you flew in yesterday. I've already had uh, three speeches in uh, two days here in uh, San Diego, which has been fun so far. But an active night last night, and I guess the main question from the takeaway from day one is we're trying to figure out what the Oakland Athletics are up to. And clearly, the Oakland Athletics have one of the most stable front offices in baseball. Billy Bean's been the GM since 1995, I believe. So he's the longest tenure general manager in the game, I believe, over Brian Sabian. And those are the top two guys. You've got a lot of front office lieutenants there who've been there a long time now, whether it's Eric Kubota, one of the longest-serving scouting directors in the game. Billy Owens has been there for years and years and years, now 15, 16 years in the organization. Um, these kind of decision-makers, a lot of those guys in that front office, and they've had some off-season shake-up. They've lost some talent, but... Clearly, the A's believe in what they're doing. They believe in their evaluations and their evaluators, and they're moving forward. But between the Josh Donaldson trade, then uh, that was a couple weeks ago, the Blue Jays. Monday, they trade Brandon Moss for Joe Wendell to the Indians. I think you and I both were surprised at the low return they got for Brandon Moss. And then at night, the the big rim rocker that's official, made official this, official morning, this morning, six-player deal where they trade – Two of the seminal – well, Jeff, Jeff Samarja is not a seminal player. The, the seminal A of the last six years in some ways is Michael Anoa for some of us. This is like the you know, $4.25 million sign in 2007, back when that kind of thing wasn't cool internationally, um, for four players from the Chicago White Sox, including Marcus Simeon, an East Bay native, Berkeley native, 
Josh Fegley, so he is a right-hand hitting catcher, which the A's did not, you know, they already have one of those, and Derek Norris. Um, and then uh, Chris Ranger. Bassett, right-hand pitcher, Rangel Ravalo. Rangel Ravalo was the highest rated of those four prospects. Well, Semyon was the highest actually, rated. Semyon and Fegley yeah. were not even prospect eligible this year. Ravalo was number 10 prospect. Bassett was actually going to be number 11. I just uh, was writing that up yesterday, so kind of easy to write that up for Trade Central. But all that introduction, J.J., what do you think the A's are doing? Have you figured out what the A's plan is? I have not, and I've been asking people smarter than me in the game, and to be honest, I've gotten a couple guys who say they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. here. Now, you could, let's back it up all the way to the start. The Josh Donaldson trade, me and you were talking about this last night. The, the part that I understand in some ways, the part that makes sense about that is they got four players back. Right. So... They, they got two One back. for four. I mean, that's, it's usually a pretty good deal if you can do one for four, as long as there's some quality in the four. Right. But at the same time, you'd rather have the best player. If you end up with the best player in the trade, usually you end up winning the trade. I agree. Well, in this case, they got two potentially back into the rotation, or in the case of Graveman, Graveman could be a, a useful reliever type arm. You know, they, yes. They got those. They got Franklin Barreto, an extremely interesting. But very, but a long way away, middle of the diamond, middle infielder prospect. You can say he's a shortstop. There's some differing evaluations about whether there's a shortstop, whether there's a second base. Maybe he ends up in center. Right. But he's going to play somewhere in the middle of the diamond with a with a very good bat. And but again, has yet to play really full season ball. So you, you got to temper that a little bit in that long way away. I agree. But the part that puzzles me is, and we talked about this, and then. They trade away Donaldson, and they get back a replacement for him in Brett Lorry. Yeah. But the thing with that is is that if Brett Lorry ends up being, like the hope you have if you're an A's fan is, you know what, we just sold Josh Donaldson at his peak, and we could hopefully get a guy who, if he stays healthy, if he takes a step forward, he could be Josh donaldson White. That's his upside. His upside is... Less defensive, less good defense, Josh Donaldson, right. to me. Well, the problem with that is is that, okay, for this year, he's going to be significantly less expensive because, you know, he has, he, he's going to be roughly the same amount of cost. Right. Not much different. But they're both going to be arbitration eligible at the end of next season. They're both about to get expensive. And the thing about it is, is if Brett Laurie, how arbitration works... If Brett Lowry has a great season this year... If he becomes the player you hope he becomes... He's not going to be that much cheaper than Josh Donaldson. I agree. And that's the part I don't understand on that. Okay. So that's that trade. Then we go to Brandon Moss for Joe Wendell. If you like Joe Wendell... And I've talked to guys who like Joe Wendell. I like Joe Wendell. But he is... what? Okay, you like Joe Wendell. What do you think... An I, upside, but like a... A best-case scenario, Joe Wendell is. Slightly more offensively successful, Eric Sogard. Just to put it in an A's context, I don't think he. I think he's a better hitter than Eric Sogard by a full grade, maybe two grades, if Eric Sogard's a 30 hitter, which he had like a 560 ops this year, so maybe he's a 30 hitter. That's To me, Joe Wendell's very similar. Honestly, I think that there's... I've always... My mind works in mysterious ways, JJ. I've always associated Joe Wendell with Joe Sclafani. They were both in the in the Coastal Plain League at the same time. They're both Northeast guys. Wendell was a D2 guy. Scalfani was an Ivy League guy on a very good Dartmouth team. I'm all about some, I'm all about some Joe Scalfani. I think they're the same kind of player. And I think Joe Wendell is maybe a little bit better defender at second base. 
He had 250 last year. I know he had a Hammond injury. He had 250. He does draw some walks. He had some back control. Had a very good Carolina League year the right. year before that. Right. So I think Joe Wendell can be a second division type regular. Maybe he's the 15th best second baseman in the major leagues at his peak. Do I think he's a frontline player? I don't think they think he's a frontline player, but do I think he's a re- everyday regular second base? Maybe, but that's no sure thing. And, 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 and Brandon and Moss has big left-handed power. I mean, I understand there's a um, difficult issue with his hip and his but, postseason. But the, hip, but the thing about the hip, though, is hip labrum injuries are something that we have a long track record with, and usually they are not a long-term issue. Yeah, so I was surprised that that was all they got. I was surprised that that's all they got for Brandon Moss. And I wonder, you know, this is one of the things I wanted to ask last night to front office people, but I, I, I ran out of gas. You know, did did you see, is that the kind of trade where you go, well, damn, I wish they'd asked us. You know, I think that was the kind of trade where other teams were like, well, damn, I wish they'd asked me, you and, know. And then we have the trade that just happened, the Samarja deal. And there's no real other way for me when I start the evaluation. And I think if you're the A's, you would start by saying, Yes, that was a trade to try to win it last year, and no it didn't doubt. work out. We lost. You know, we had the we we had the wild card game in our hands, and we lost it. And that is a very expensive failure. And it's not because they didn't make the postseason deeper. It's because you gave up Addison Russell. Now let me ask you. That I mean, guy. Admittedly, it was a Jeff Samarja, Jason Hamill, who they've also Jason Hamill left this week. Back to go in back Chicago to too. Chicago. Which, by the way, for the Cubs, that deal looks so awesome. It let's not even start. But okay, yeah. if you're the A's, though, let's rank the four guys they got now: Addison Russell and Billy McKinney. Addison Russell's the top guy of that group. You're talking about the, the four guys that came in this if, trade. If today. the A's had them, you mean? No, I'm saying the four guys that they yes. got back compared gotcha. to the two that they traded away. Addison Russell, I would rather have. It's not even close. That's not close. Did anyone I mean, else? Okay. I'm wondering if I'd rather have Simeon or McKinney. I was going to the point I was going to make is is that it's a tough call. Those are I think roughly like Simeon plays a a, a more premium position because he's a middle of the diamond guy. At the same time, McKinney you know probably has a little bit better you know bat but he has a little bit better bat potential. I mean that's what McKinney is. Is, is yeah, he's a hitter. You know the thing is Billy McKinney really fits the Cubs because they need a patient hitter. They need a guy who grinds at bats, will draw some walks. I could see Billy uh, McKinney. Javier being, Baez is not going to fill that role. <laughs> I could see Billy McKinney being the Cubs' leadoff guy when it's all said and done. Like I think they, as they plan things out, they're thinking that's more like a Mendy, you know, as Mendy Alcantara kind of deal. But he's an extremely aggressive hitter. I could see Billy McKinney being like a non-profile left but, fielder, but being a left fielder who leads off and draws a lot of walks and but, sets the table for all those big boppers behind him. And so the point though is, is that. The best player in this by far is Addison Russell. The second best might be the other guy they the gave up. The second best may be the other guy they gave up in that trade. I like Marcus Simeon, but Marcus Simeon as your everyday shortstop. This is from the club that brought you Jed Lowry as your everyday shortstop, and I like Jed Lowry. But most evaluators consider him a below-average shortstop. The metrics consider him a below-average shortstop defensively. I don't think Marcus Simeon is any better defensively than Jed Lowry. I think he's a very similar player. I think if you put him at second, but... You, you could be a or third or third, but the problem there is is that okay, you've got a third base, but you just got right. thanks Brett Laurie. Well, they and they got him to play shortstop because right yeah. now their shortstops are Nick Punto and Andy Perino. So Marcus Simeon was valued by the Athletics to be an offensive shortstop, and that's fine. 
I think that he can be that. But that said, this also mark this. Marcus Simeon walked a ton in the minor leagues. His strikeout to walk ratio in the big leagues is like six to one. Like in 2014, it was like 22 to 90. As a when he first got his feet wet in September of 2013, it was like 22 to one. So he's had this extreme plate discipline right. in the minor leagues, where I believe he walked 84 and struck out 66 one year, and he that has evaporated in his right. big league time. And sometimes small sample, but sometimes it's it comes back. Right, but sometimes it's an approach issue where the problem is is that you do not do enough. That's right. For when pitchers. When, when walks stop being, in the minors, walks often are a failure to execute on the pitcher's part. That's right. In the big leagues, walks are more of an approach. Like, I can't believe the thought that popped in my head is when walks stop being polite. Start <laughs> getting real. The but, real world. When you're the real world, Oakland. <laughs> but, okay, the other guys they got in this, Josh Fegley, again, you know. He's their fourth catcher. I'm doing a little roster construction as we're talking about this. They, so they're clearly not done. Mm-hmm. They're clearly, as Boogie Down Production said, we're not done. <laughs> Jaso, Norris, Vote, Fegley, that's four catchers on their 40-man roster. So, you know, Derek Norris, I like Derek Norris, but in this, it was the very rare confluence of the things that a lot of baseball people always fear when they profile guys. Derek Norris's throwing arm is below Derek average. Norris, they, they, are, they sat home through the rest of the playoffs in part because they had to play Derek That's Norris right. against the Royals. That's exactly right. That was like one of the one of the few teams that could if completely for, exploit. If not for a puzzling double steal in the first inning, yeah. that <laughs> where Billy Butler is trying to get you know things started. If not for that, which forced an injury, which brings Derek Norris into the game, I, I think there's a very high likelihood the A's would have kept playing. I, I, that's a great point. That's a great point. I'm sure that's one of the small posts in some of these long royal stories that have been written. Um, but so Fegley's like a factor in a platoon, I think, is but, what he but is. Fegley, I mean, Fegley, that, and that's what Fegley at best is, is that Fegley is not a guy who you probably look at as an everyday catcher. Correct, because if you did, I think the White Sox would have had him up last year. Because they've had a uh, giant sucking sound at catcher the last two years. No offense to anybody right. personally, but they just haven't gotten production behind the plate. Uh, then at first base, Ravelo is in that mix now. And I like Rangel Ravelo. We, we're, we're, the, we're the high men on Rangel Ravelo. We like him. We, we do. But they, even we're like, is this, is this an everyday guy? And, it, and I can they tell you... They clearly think he is. I can tell you that he was not one of the White Sox. If the White Sox organization was lining up its own top ten prospects, he would not have been in it. We were higher on him than they are. Because he could hit. He can hit. He, uh, it's, it's really a matter of do you believe in the power coming on or not. Well, but the other thing with that is, is that it's also something where you can say, it's you believe the power is coming on, or do you say, we're not worried about the profile we're looking at what he can do. That, that there is that angle as well, and I like that angle. I like that as a team. I like just talk sitting to, next to Dave Moore yesterday at the, giving him the Organization of the Year award. You know, one of the things that stands out about Dave, and he just said it in a simple phrase: "I like players. I like scouts and front office people who would like players and want and look at players through that lens. What, what can, can he do?" do? Uh, you got to have Don't someone just discount everyone as oh he can't do this right. You got to have someone in the room who tells you what he can't do, but you got to have someone who believes in what he can do. I, I, Ranger Ravelo can hit. He has feel to hit. I think that he's the kind of he gets player, on base. right? I think his on base skills will translate in the big leagues more than Simeon's. So I, I do like Ranger Ravelo. That said, they have for this year in the big leagues. That's Ike Davis, Nate Fryman platoon more than likely. Also on their forty man roster is Shane Peterson. 
Then you have Ravelo, who's just finished double A. And then you have Renato Nunez, who's in high A this year. He's a third baseman. But I think most scouts think he's going to move across the first base. And then you have Matt Olson too. So, but again, I, I like that, maybe they're going to those problems. I, those problems I under like from the standpoint. Let, let's let's back up for a second and make one point, which is is that the A's farm system after the Addison Russell Billy McKinney trade. Was a, out a little bit. Was a pretty barren farm system. I, li- I like Stockton's team. I do like Daniel Robertson, Daniel and Robertson. I do like Matt Olson. I like Renato Nunez. I like some of those off the back. They, they have a significantly years away. improved their farm system. They have. But at the same time, it's a quantity more than... And that's not disparaging these guys, but it's quantity over quality in that there's not a guy who... Barreto is the highest impact guy. Barreto's the top okay, 100 guy. Let me ask you this. What, I mean, top 100's a long ways away. What top 100 guys have they acquired? Barreto. He's the only one. I think he's for sure a top 100 guy. I, think I he, like Franklin yeah, Barreto. I, a, I think he's a top 100 guy too. I agree. What, I think that's the only one. And, he, and in a big picture, 35,000 foot takeaway for me, uh, I would say that what the A's are doing is in line in some ways with what we've seen the Cubs do and some other clubs. Whereas I would say two years ago, the number one currency in trade was young power arms. That's what you always did. Mm-hmm. You didn't make a trade unless you got a young power arm. And even the age used to be in that. A.J. Cole, those trade with they made with the Nationals. When they got a trade, you always had to throw in on a Class A power arm. And I, when I first saw the Donaldson trade, I was like, where's the power arm? There's no power arm here. And this trade, Chris Bassett's a good arm. He's like a better version of closer, Graveman or Nolan. They, they went to closer to the big league. So there's that. First, there's the big league ready talent. That is definitely one trend. And the other trend is the athletic infielder who can hit. And that is what uh, they got in Franklin Barreto. So let me, let me ask that's the way they've though. gone. I still think they could use a power arm but uh, it, when you make trades of this magnitude. The other thing in that trade that I guess forgotten is they traded away Dan Straley last year. Right. Yeah. Dan Straley versus... These guys. I don't think he's as good as these guys. To be honest with you, I think Dan Straley's like... I think Kendall Graveman, his floor is like Dan Straley. I like Graveman and Nolan better than a Dan Straley. I think Dan right. Straley and but, A.J. Griffin, and I love A.J., were a little smoke and mirrors that couple of years ago. And they do get A.J. Griffin back from Tommy John this year. They do have, I think, fairly impressive pitching depth. When you look at their starting pitchers on their 40-man roster, Drew Pomerantz, Jared Parker coming back from Tommy John, Nolan... Uh, Arnold Leone's coming back from Tommy John. Scott Casimir, Griffin, Gray, obviously Sonny Gray's the the frontline guy that's left here. Graveman, um, Jesse Chavez, if you think of him as a starter. Chris Bassett, if you think of him as a starter. But it's it is more quantity. It's a whole lot of a whole lot of if you love them threes, if you don't like them as much fours, if you don't like them as much fives. But the guys that you know this year. In the three year, in the two and a half year run, Oakland really had 12, 13, and the first half of 14. The guys you really identify with this team, guys who turned them around in a lot of ways were guys like Moss, Cespedes, Donaldson, All-Star, and Sonny Gray. Again, All-Star is not and Sonny Gray is the only one who's left. All-Star, in, in some ways, like, I mean, it doesn't mean everything, but there are a whole lot of All-Stars they traded away. Yeah, they did. So. What do you think this does? Uh, yesterday did for the White Sox. JJ did the White. I mean, to me, the White Sox. Uh, I would not want to face them, and if they make the playoffs, I would not want to face Sale, Samarja back to back. No, thank you. And then you added they also signed David Robertson last night, who which, was a gaping hole at the back of their bullpen. Back of their bullpen. Filled. And I also think, like, do remember, like, that I think it's something that hurt them, not at a massive level, but Nate Jones getting hurt last year. It did hurt them. They get if they get him back healthy this year. 
and all of a sudden you move guys into smaller roles. The other thing I thought that, that was not really mentioned that last night is, is that that reduces some pressure. I, we both thought that there was a chance that they were going to come out of spring training with Carlos Rodon uh, blowing yeah. gas in the back end of their bullpen. That is correct. Now this gives them kind of more reason to kind of wait and let him develop as a starter to kind of come up later in the year um, as a starter. But, no, I think if you look at the White Sox in what is turning out to be a fascinating AL Central. It is. You know, the other guy, the, the White Sox, besides Nate Jones, they're looking forward to Matt Winstrom coming back. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is to them. But it is. because well, He was great for them in 2013. For one thing also, you need numbers you do. in the pen. And they, 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 they lacked numbers last year. But you look at them and you say, no, this, I mean, obviously, the key thing is, is they got Jeff Samarja, and they did not give up a guy who they cannot replace with very little pain. I mean, Marcus Simeon, for them, they saw as a, uh, you know, as, a as an extra guy. They right. saw him as a utility well, even guy. Even if he's a utility guy? And they have guys. They have Carlos Sanchez right there ready for that. Micah, Micah Johnson, Johnson ready for second. And he Micah wasn't going to play shortstop for them because they have a better shortstop. That's right. So Micah Johnson will be their second baseman, I can almost guarantee you, in 2015. I don't, I don't know if he's ready or not. Uh, you know, he's finishing classes this and fall in Indiana. And he needs to get healthy because that was really what hurt him last it year. It was a hamstring, hamstring tweak. For Never a speed guy, is, you know, if you want to wonder why his stolen bases fell to the floor, you can't run when your hamstrings hurt. That's it. That's it. So, and, his, and, when, and he's a guy, if he can't run, his batting average is going to suffer too because that's where he gets part of his, you know. The American League Central, though, really outside of the Twins, he, uh, Torrey Hunter went there and, and he said he went there to win. And it's like, wow, okay. But, the, <laughs> twin, but the, the Twins are, though, they're interesting, not in a 2015 standpoint, but they, 2016 for them can't go as wrong as 2015 did from the standpoint of Snow and Buxton. One would hope. Let's right. hope. I mean, like, the, whole, the industry wants to see a healthy Byron Buxton. But, I mean, obviously Kansas City, uh, you know, is not – they haven't made a big move this offseason. Really, all they've done is they've lost Billy Butler, and they're seen primed to lose James Shields. And they're, and they're seen primed to lose Nori Aoki, which isn't a giant. But they, they have right. holes. They, they need they, – they got to – but they did actually bring back Luke Kochaver, which – Right. Again, I think – I tweeted this, but they're going to make – They're going to make – they're going to make some kind of move because they have more holes than they can fill really in free agency. And – as much as having a great bullpen is great, uh, having a bullpen that goes Jason Fraser in the fifth, Luke Kochaver in the sixth, Kelvin Herrera in the seventh, Wade Davis in the eighth, Greg Holland in the ninth, <laughs> might be a little bit of overkill. Like, you could trade Holland or Davis. You do have Andy McCullough tweeting this morning that multiple rival executives told him last night the Royals were telling teams that Holland, Davis, Herrera were not available. you buy that or not? Again, I don't from the standpoint of I, I, they could do a different approach because they need right now they're also they don't have a fifth star. If you lose Shields, Jordano moves up, you know, to be their new number one. You know, you move everyone up, but they don't have. I mean, that's probably Brian Flynn if it, if the season started right now. So that was a really big move. But if that's the case, well, then the other approach you can do is is just say, okay, Brian, give us four, <laughs> give us good, give us a good four. If you can give us five, we'll have a you know we'll have a party tonight. But and then we're just going to turn it over to the pen. Right now they can do it. That I mean, it would be a fascinating approach. It would be the Will Lingo uh, approach gets closer and closer. <laughs> That's right. By the way, the uh, news as we're breaking as we're recording is Francisco Liriano signing back with the Pirates for thirteen million dollars a year over three I, years. I like I like, I like what the Pirates are doing. I mean, they brought back Burnett and Liriano, and again, the thing about it is, is they brought up a lot of guys. 
but they still have Glasnow and Tyone who are not that far away. That's that's a good situation. And again, right, I agree. The centrals are both divisions. Both central divisions are really really interesting. Um, I'm pretty fascinated. JJ, what move? I mean, I think a lot of people here are talking about John Lester. That's not like that's the big shoe to drop. That also involves a potentially a central team with the Cubs possibly being in there. What are you looking forward to uh, the rest of the week here in San Diego? I mean, like, what's we'll, we'll, we'll probably have to do a second. Five we'll have, I was going to say because we'll have to do a second Rule Five podcast, but uh, and maybe another one. I'll probably do one after the Rule Five also. But uh, but no, we might just have to do a hangout for that one. That might be more fun to do as a hangout. Yeah, but the, I'm, worried about, back I'm worried about the internet connection okay. on that. Like, because we've, you know, I, I don't want a uh, 2013 draft uh, re- <laughs> review. <laughs> That's true. The worst but that hangout makes of me laugh time. really hard. That Connor, so we, 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 you know, we love you, Connor. <laughs> that was so good. Um, <laughs> that's, Connor, I'm sorry, Connor, it's an inside joke. This is not great It was basically Connor Glassy pulling a Beano Cook. Tell him I can hear him. I mean, Tell him. It was awesome. It was. But, um, no, I, I, I want to see. I, I figure there's going to be some other trades that are going to come down. I don't know where they're going to be, but I don't think we're in any way done for this, you know, for this week when it comes to trades. Free agent moves are going to happen, but... And then there comes a question. We, we got no hint at Lucky's this morning from uh, Omar Minaya what the Padres were up to. But it does sound like there's a lot of scuttlebutt about the Padres uh, you know, making Cole, some deal. Maybe Cole Hamels at some point. It may not be while we're here, but Cole Hamels at some point. He's the only tradable asset that the Padres right. have. I can report that um, that the Andrew Kachner giant poster on the side of Petco Park has been undis- undisturbed. There, there was no workman out there getting ready to take Andrew Kachner. Tell him! It was awesome. It was but, um, no, I, I, I want to see I, – I figure there's going to be some other trades that are going to come down. I don't know where they're going to be, but – Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.